Welcome back to another Untitled Movie Review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside, he's allergic to tomatoes, but he's tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. Maya he. Maya who? Maya who? You'd think, Eric, that a song like that would feel super dated in a movie. Did it make you feel ancient? Because it yes. made me feel ancient. Well, especially when when you see like uh, video cam footage for like 2005 and the protagonist and it's supposed is to like, be, like nostalgic for yeah. it. Yeah. Like, and it's like nostalgic for them because it was their childhood. It made me feel ancient. Yeah. That being said, yes, today we are reviewing Mike Renata's uh, The Mitchells versus the Machines, produced by Phil Lord and Chris Miller, starring Abby Jacobson, Danny McBride, Maya Rudolph, Eric Andre, Fred Armisen, Beck Bennett, Conan O'Brien, Charlene Yee, uh, Sashir Zameda, Olivia Coleman, um, and, and many, many more. And the posies. Uh, Don't forget about the posies. Chrissy the posies. Teigen and John Legend. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Chrissy Teigen, John Legend in there. Um, being released uh, by Netflix on April 30th, 2021. It is uh, a Sony Pictures uh, and Columbia Pictures uh, production. Originally supposed to be released in theaters. Um, but because of COVID-19 and the pandemic, uh, Sony decided to sell it to Netflix and cut their losses. It is from a similar team that did, uh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. You can very much see that through the humor with Phil Lord and, uh, Chris Miller's influence, as well as the, uh, art style and animation being that creative mashup of 2d and 3d animation and things like that. Uh, Eric, how you doing? Happy Monday. It's a Monday morning. We don't usually record this early because I usually text you and you answer me at 2 p.m. <laughs> right. But this morning you're like, I'm ready to go. And I'm like, yes, I'm a morning person. Let's go. Let's review. Well, I was re-watching some of this as well just to kind of like take some notes because the first time I watched it uh, was on Friday night. This is, again, Inside Baseball, um, just to kind of enjoy it and just to to – take it in and then the second time around which i started early this morning i was just taking some notes for the rogers review that i'll have the week that it's released which is yeah and the, you don't need to prepare for this shit just no 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 professional no no but 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 I, I but i do like taking notes especially now like it's weird i, yeah, I don't I do know too, if, yeah. if i'll do it if we do return once we to go the back theaters, to the theater because yeah. like i like being present in the moment and sort of paying attention to what's on screen where this we're, or we're when we're watching screeners at home, I'm usually kind of like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna write some stuff down as I go along because we usually get two or three screeners yeah. uh, a week, right? So and sometimes they're not all you know being released of that week. Sometimes they're a couple of I weeks in advance. And I feel like when you can stop and start, you can do what you said. You can almost watch it once and take it in and then maybe put it back on and stop and start or flip to different sections that you remember from your first watch just to kind of clarify or, or, or different things like that. And in the case of this movie, I watched it back to back two nights in a row um, just because I think that's like one of the silver linings about, you know, uh, COVID and, and the pandemic and, and getting screeners at home, at least when you're reviewing them, you can do things like that, which I think is really interesting because I watched this alone um, just in my den by myself. And then immediately finishing it, I was like, man, I think Nevis would really love this. And I mean, spoiler alert, I love the movie. Um, and I was like, oh, I got to show it to her. So I watched it the next night. So I've seen it two full times already. So I think we're going to be very well versed in the Mitchells versus the machines. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I don't have my uh, personalized number three Robertson uh, non-slip <laughs> screwdriver with screwdriver, me, yeah. but 
Um, yeah, I think we'll be okay. Uh, and it's also, it's interesting just in terms of looking at, you know, you mentioned Phil Lord and Chris Miller, um, you know, coming from an animation background, we've talked about it on the regular show, Clone um, High, Clone and- High and, and obviously Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, which was kind of like that first movie of theirs that took a lot of people by surprise because of how ridiculous the high concept was. And, you know, people were, you know, ecstatic when the movie was uh, not just a fun kind of visual um, feast for thine eyes, uh, as a podcaster would would say on Film Junk, but it was also um, really clever and funny and irreverent to the genres that it was kind of playing up on. And then obviously, you know, Phil Lord and Chris Miller went on to direct live action movies with the 21 and 22 jump street series. And, you know, and then kind of went back to producing and, and co-writing and, and shepherding uh, spider verse into the spider verse, which was the film that kind of really surprised a lot of people that maybe didn't go and see cloudy with a chance of meatballs. And now you're coming and Lego movie as yeah, well. Lego mm-hmm. movie as well. I should mention that. Sorry. Um, it's weird. Lego movie almost feels like a, a weird outlier because of just the, the animation style just being a little bit different compared to what the Sony stuff is. So like the, yeah. so like the, you know, keeping it in house. Um, but now you have, you know, the Mitchells versus the machines, which was originally called connected, which kind of was advertised last year as almost like, you know, uh, another Sony movie that was really terrible in 2006, Robin Williams RV meets her, right? Where it's like, you know, a family is kind of disconnected in life, but they're connected online and they're not really spending any quality time together. Um, But really what the movie is about is, is, I mean, that's part of it, but it's sort of from the point of view of uh, the quirky teen protagonist, Katie voiced by Abby Jacobson of broad city, who is about to go to film school in California and um, she is kind of having a bit of a, a, a tough time in the, those last couple of days leading up to it, especially with her strained relationship with her father, Rick Mitchell, which would only be better if his name was Dick Mitchell, uh, voiced <laughs> by Danny McBride. And he is kind of someone who cares for his daughter, but doesn't really understand her, doesn't really get on her level and is worried about her future endeavors and her career path and wants to make sure that she has a backup plan. He's not as supportive as, as Linda, uh, her mother voiced by Maya Rudolph and uh, her younger brother, Aaron, who's voiced by the director, sweet, sweet boy, (laughs) sweet, sweet boy who loves dinosaurs voiced by the director um, is, you know, the closest thing that she has to a best friend, but she's also excited to go to film school because there are like-minded individuals that all love and breathe film and are weird and, you know, speak the language that she's familiar with. Having said all of this, uh, she's about to go the 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 morning of. Dad decides to cancel her uh, her flight. flight, and they go on a cross country road trip. Uh, needless to say, hijinks ensues. But on top of that, the end of the world is about to happen because the launch of a new omnipresent uh, upgrade of PAL, which is like uh, an iPhone or Siri, Siri for us, yeah. uh, goes omnipresent and and becomes aware like Skynet and decides to get rid of the human race because we're useless, which 
isn't a, an a invalid point. It's it's pretty fair. Uh, uh, voice pal is voiced by Olivia Coleman, which watching the whole movie, I thought it was Emma Thompson. And then right. when like at the end, you're kind of like, oh, it's Olivia Coleman, and it's like thinking like you know the recent stuff that she's done, but she's yeah, always yeah, had yeah. some comedic, comedic element yeah, for in sure. her career, so it's not like completely unheard of. But it's just more recently she's done a lot of dramatic stuff or quote unquote high art kind of movies um yeah this is this is a very enjoyable fun film that kind of deconstructs that 80s late 80s early 90s family road trip comedy thing um it has a lot of irreverent humor that you'd expect from the lord and miller brand um i think that there are some moments that are very genuine and heartfelt but there's also a couple of things that i want to talk to you about that i Having watched it again, I think that there are a little, you know, some discrepancies with the script and and some 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 leaps in logic. I I, I think in terms of uh, the pal character, the pal character. Okay, cool. Yeah, I I, I mean, yeah, I, I I loved this movie, and I mean, I think that's maybe expected, but I think maybe I was uh going in with lower expectations even though i don't know why because like obviously i am a huge huge fan of spider-verse um i am i absolutely love both jump street movies i've just phil lord and chris miller are i've i've said countless times i feel like since we've been doing the podcast way way back um two of the most creative and and interesting kind of producers and filmmakers working in hollywood and i feel like they just nail exactly what my sense of humor is um that being said um i flat out like absolutely loved this movie and um i feel like from a plot or story perspective it's not necessarily doing anything we haven't seen before you know road trip movie end of the world robots taking over ai uh getting too powerful wanting to eliminate the human race it's not like oh okay we've seen that movie time and time again but um i just think this has such a strong uh similar to what i said about love and monsters but even more uh to an extent with this because i feel like i connected with this even more of um weirdly both have a similar looking ai robot in both movies well also the Um, animation is all in the eyes exactly yeah and uh in this i just really really connected it from this you know family of four uh one boy one girl uh the girl who's kind of uh, a little bit strange loves movies um you know a kid a young boy who loves dinosaurs who is me um just uh, danny mcbride's dad being this outdoorsman kind of um uh, can't connect with his daughter because she loves movies and he just loves the outdoors and building things. And, and, and that really just, if you know, my dad, Mike, I love him, love him to death, but, uh, it's very much a similar relationship with my dad and I, where my dad is an outdoorsman. He loves fishing. He loves golfing. He loves, he's not a hunter. Um, but he, he just is, loves the outdoors fix can fix cars, worked at general motors, a factory his whole life. And, um, I, the one thing we've always connected with is sports, but when it came to film and movies and, and the stuff that I was into video games and, and shit like that, my dad always, but he always put in an effort and like, and I think that's what landed so well with me in this movie. And we can talk about the animation, which I think is gorgeous and, and continues um, what they were doing in spider verse. Or we can talk about the humor, which is very, very funny, but just this family road trip of the, these dysfunctional 
foursome of a family just going cross country, I think was so sweet. And I connected with it so, so much uh, uh, through the telling of like revealing little bits of the story through the VHS tapes. I, I was just doing that. I mean, I shared one on Twitter last week of me opening the Super Nintendo and, and my dad just digitized all these videotapes. So I've been going through all these old videotapes and seeing moments of my dad and I when I was younger, my mom and I when I was younger. And so I think this movie just landed at that exact moment where I'm like nostalgic for that time in my life. And I think that's what this movie will do for a lot of people of, of those. I think this movie will connect with everyone and everyone has these moments with their family, whether you took a cross country road trip or just went on a family vacation or whether you struggled to connect with your parents when you were a teenager because you wanted to do something different than what they were doing or, or they couldn't really connect with you because they didn't like the things that you did. And just the idea of not everyone, every family is not perfect, but you, you do genuinely care about one another, even if you can't necessarily see it in that moment. And even, through those tough times like your family will always be there for you and again this is a you know they're themes that you've seen in in tons and tons of movies but i just feel like sony animation especially with lord and miller i feel like are getting to a point where to me personally they can almost rival pixar and i mean that by from a emotional storytelling standpoint where their movies don't just land for kids or for whoever of just being like oh that was a fun animated adventure movie or something like that like i feel like much like pixar they can land emotionally they look absolutely gorgeous um and they have a great story, great voice casting, and they just nail everything and are able to be enjoyed by adults as much as they are by kids. And and what's great, what Sony is doing, and especially you see with Spider-Verse now into Mitchell's and the, uh, versus the Machines, I feel like they found what they should be doing. They've differentiated themselves from the Pixar's, from the DreamWorks, from the things, and they go, we really found this animation style that just is so unique and so interesting to look at that we're not really seeing in a lot of other, you know, animated properties. And I feel like they should just run with this and they really need to make those guys like that, the heads of, you know, Sony animation almost, and just kind of run with this. And like, again, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, like their humor is exactly what you said, irreverent, strange at times, but still very accessible, uh, ridiculous, random. Um, and it just completely lands with me. Like I haven't sat like comedies are hard to watch alone i feel like because you really feed off of other people as you're watching them um and i laughed even harder the second time when i watched it with nevis because i had someone to laugh with but even when i was alone like a like a psycho in my basement um watching this i was belly laughing to the point where like nevis and sarah could hear me upstairs and i think the movie just is super well paced and really, really, really funny and absolutely gorgeous. And again, I just connected it on it on an emotional level of like, you know, you really care about your parents. And I had like, you know, it just really reminded me of my family. And you joked about that. I looked like Rick Mitchell. Um, but, and, and I'm nothing like Rick Mitchell because he's a, like he said, he's more like my dad than he is me. 
but that just really landed with me. Like um, Katie's character and Katie and uh, Aaron, the two kids and, and just even the mom being so sweet and, and loving everyone that then being a badass <laughs> is just so uh, wonderful. And it just reminded me of my family and I've taken those cross country road trips and everyone yelling at each other or, you know, trying to connect with your dad at some level. And, and I just, I don't know. I really, really love the movie, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a really well done film. I didn't have the same reaction that I did to Into the Spider Verse or 21 Jump Street. And I think maybe that is also something to take into mind because, like, I feel like with even Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, there were no expectations there. There, you know, and now because they've won an Oscar for, you know, producing Into the Spider Verse, and, and we should also quickly say, like, we, we mentioned, you know, uh, Lauren Michael, Miller, but yeah, Rianda uh, uh, co-wrote and directed this with Jeff Rowe. So you know, it's not necessarily their their give script. Him the credit. Yeah. yeah, you got to yeah. give them the credit. But it, it's 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 like minded in terms of the. You humor can definitely and style. tell that they find people who yeah fit their mold. And I believe yeah. they even tweeted about this online that like you know the the best way effort, to be successful yeah. is is collaboration, and that's the best process in sort of becoming successful or at least you know doing stuff that you love is that you do it with people that are that are like that as well you know they're you know the way that katie talks about like you know your my people i want to be with my people those are probably the people that lord and miller wanted to be with when they were you know her age um but yeah i like it's 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 well made. I, I think that like, again, there are those universal kind of qualities of connecting to the road, the cross country road trip thing. Um, I think that the father daughter relationship, which is the most important sort of aspect of the story to hone in on will, depending on your relationship with your own father will yeah. be more or less emotionally the, 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 the strong point of the film. Like if you don't have, as strong a relationship with your father, it might not sort of resonate the way that it will with others. And yeah, that's, that's kind fair. of how I felt a little bit with this because like my dad is not that person. And it's like one of those things where it's like, you know, I, I wanted that person to be my father, but that, that right. was not the situation. But, but, but in going into maybe some of the things that I had a little bit of, of not problems with, but just, I felt like, almost kind of defeated the purpose of the pal character was yeah so you have the uh pal ceo and founder mark bowman voiced by eric andre who we just did a, a review for for bad trip which is also on netflix um, like a much more in this <laughs> yes yeah um he's launching pal max and pal max two of them are voiced by uh uh beck miller or bennett yeah, Beck Bennett. Beck, Beck Bennett and uh, Fred, Fred Armiston. Fred Armiston, yeah. SNL, uh, current and alumni. And then Conan O'Brien, I think, voices one as well. He uh, did the um, airplane, the like when they were taking all the humans away. He did that uh, airplane intro kind of thing. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. That was that was that, yeah, was, that good. was Conan. Yeah, well, yeah. the way that like it almost seems like Powell is taken by surprise, the Olivia Coleman's uh, voice Powell by uh, Powell Max and that you know, she is now quote unquote obsolete where then afterwards you find out that, you know, she was planning this the whole time. She was planning this the whole time. And that also he was creating the Powell Max designs on his iPhone on her. And so it kind of is almost like this weird sort of like, uh, it almost feels like a bit of a, um, 
a loophole there where it's just yeah like, like a, a plot hole a little bit hole. of yeah. like how yeah and then also there's there's two characters that we mentioned uh bennett and 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 armisen <laughs> did but, you like, not like them no i thought they were good i liked okay. them a lot but I but there is so a weird funny. thing at the beginning of this movie that's used as a framing device where you see sort of where they are later on yeah. in the story first and when you're watching that sequence from inside this you know, burnt orange 1993 station wagon they're not in the scene so they omitted them from the sequence to, to so kind it of, wouldn't spoil it so later yeah. you wouldn't kind of because you'd see them in the back and and yeah that's just tricking you i guess right in, i know but again like, like there, there's usually a consistency with that like even if you were doing like a live action film like it just feels like that's a little no, i don't, don't want to say wrong, deceitful but but, but but it is kind of sort of tricking you a little bit i would say the pal thing maybe bothers me more than them in the car at the beginning yes like that to me i'm like all right they just didn't want you to see that so later that has more of an impact when that moment kind of happens yeah Um, that's more just like a um, kind of an interesting continuity nitpick yeah yeah Yeah. i get that but but the um, pal thing i do think is a genuine criticism where it's kind of like from a storytelling standpoint, I totally am with you, and it probably didn't even clue in. And I think that's what's interesting about certain movies and to certain people. And I, I think that's totally a valid criticism that I hadn't even thought of. And I think maybe I, when you get lost in a movie because you're enjoying it, whether from the emotional standpoint or the art, artistic standpoint or comedic standpoint, that maybe I wasn't because, like wh- what I said off the top, that this is a story that we've seen you know, in countless sci-fi movies, right? AI gets too powerful. They want to take over humanity because humans are useless and we don't, yeah, they don't I mean, need them. Yeah, I mean, it's Terminator. Like, it's even yeah. Edgar writes the world's end, you know? like Yeah, so we've, we've seen it a hundred million times. So I don't know if I'm necessarily was so invested in, you know, what PAL was trying to do. So maybe I'm a bit more forgiving when it came to certain things like that. Cause I even get to a point where, you know, I don't want to spoil the movie, but how the last act even plays out and how, you know, pal handles everything and how everyone handles to pal. Like she's made out to be sort of sympathetic at the beginning because, you know, Eric Andre's character kind of tosses her away and says she's garbage and there's an upgrade and you kind of understand why she would be mad at all this. But like you just said, how would she have built this giant factory and all these robots and had this plan in, in 30 seconds after I wrote she this was down. thrown I got out? Their, their layer in Silicon Valley, it made me laugh. That was one of the things that I laughed out loud at was the uh, rhombus of infinite subjection. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's good. There's so many great one-liners in the movie and just great moments in general. And I don't want to spoil them all, but like I, there is a couple where I just like I it, it's just very much my shit. There is um, one but, that I got to I got to bring up. The one that I did laugh that is a dumb one and I yeah. I, I hate I almost hated myself for laughing at it was the uh we, <laughs> there's a line that was like we we haven't t- taken a good family photo in 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 years and then it's like what about that one? And then it cuts to like a portrait of a family that they haven't used the, yeah, the yeah, photo yeah, of yeah. yet. <laughs> <laughs> they just, it's an empty frame with like the generic stock photo that's in there. And it's like a real life photo too. Right? Yeah. And that's it? also what um, I kind of liked about this is the blending of animation and even live yeah. action. Cause they even bring in like, you know, um, actual YouTube, YouTube videos, videos and, and clips like and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. It has a very, I think what they're so good at too is um, for being guys in there. I think they're in their forties. Um, um, I, I still think that they have a very young sense of humor or they they have a sense of humor that can kind of 
translate over generations i think if that makes sense too because i think there are certain comedies that will only land with certain age groups or things like that but i feel like again like you said this team of collaborators you can really tell that they make sure when they're making this stuff as producers and working with great directors both on spider-verse and this and and other things that they all work together to go okay will this like that sense of humor with the youtube humor and, and meme humor and stuff like that doesn't necessarily seem scream like you know 40 year old white dudes right but like they it seems like they really do have a sense of like okay what's an irreverent sense of humor that will translate across you know a younger generation but as like i could show this to my parents and i still think that they would laugh at a lot of that stuff um yeah that that killed me certain things like that like um the youtube stuff that they'll throw in with live action um, the gibbons the, monkey was good the, the, yeah the gibbons monkey's good the furby moment absolutely destroyed me uh, again sort of cheap ish but like i still even love that they'll play with like much like they did with Lego movie and, and things like that intellectual property and kind of like poke fun at it and, and something that might be nostalgic and, and, and to many age groups, but then kind of in this way where these computers are taking over and a a bit of it's in the trailer. So I'm not giving it totally away, but like uh, these Furbies has this pal chip in them and they, they attack them at the shopping mall. And I don't know, I just, I laughed so hard with the, the way that the Furbies use their actual voice commands that you would hear in real life, but then it has subtitles and it just, um, it, it destroyed me. I thought that was really funny. Furbies Um, in this. Yeah. Yeah. It's also, I, I, I have to commend, uh, Rianda and, and, and Jeff Rowe in terms of, um, sort of how they interject some exposition. I think that the, having the ad before her YouTube video play, and that's how kind of, uh, pal is is a smart way of bringing in that aspect of the story. I think mechanically speaking, it feels a little bit more organic than just, you know, talking about product placement, like, Oh, I I wish I could get the new phone or, or, or are you going to watch the, the launch of, you know, this, which is also another strange kind of thing with, with pal is that, you know, like technology gets smaller and smaller. And then all of a sudden now it's, it's, bigger it's life size which is a robot fascinating thing as well but like even that has a fun little moment with uh you know we can get the dogs to talk now (laughs) oh yeah we should say mochi oh yeah (laughs) that's funny man that joke killed me as well that is a great great bit uh mochi the pug i think is wonderful like um whether he's a a pig a dog or a loaf of bread um still to be uh, determined voiced by doug the pug um a famous pug on the internet. Um, love the use of mochi throughout the movie. Always have to have a cute animal. I thought mochi was great. Um, I don't, I didn't love Chrissy Teigen and John legend, but like, I totally get why what, they're playing that, that those kind characters. of family. Yeah. But I also, I do find that their name is funny. The posies where it's almost like yeah. the posers of like, Oh, totally, Trying to create yeah. the perfect family sort of unit. Um, no, I didn't love them either, but I did like their dog as well speaking of yes that yes that also made me laugh a little bit yeah like, even their dog and just is- the juxtaposition between them and always comparing yourself to these instagram families yeah. and like but they're not you know, in it that much which is good as well they're not but like the, when they're used i thought the bits were funny i just don't l- maybe like them as actors like they just didn't fit like with everyone else i oh, felt like, like john legend is keith and la la um, land yeah yeah i just wasn't super into that but i did love olivia coleman as pal i thought maya rudolph was great there's some great moments with her danny mcbride is perfect um 
um the whole cast in general i thought is is quite good and then i want to talk about the yeah the animation and the music because mike mothersbaugh um who they've collaborated collaborated with on lego movie and jump street and a lot of their stuff um i think he just he didn't do spider verse though i think that was pemberton i think did the score to that and um so they're uh, reunited with him. The score is very synthy, as you'd expect, with like a very, you know, sci-fi premise. Well, and with all I, the but, with all the AI stuff, it is. But yeah. then it also kind of plays yeah. into like the the family sort of dynamic throughout yes. as well. So and it's almost like it's more two classic. scores. Yeah, which you saw a lot in Soul as well. It's not two different people doing the scores, like Baptiste and and. Uh, um, Reznor and Ross, but um, I agree with you, Eric. Yeah, that it has two distinct sounds, and both sound really, really cool. And I think Mothersbaugh is a great composer. That I I want to see more of him in other movies, like how Reznor and Ross is kind of branched out, right? Being mu- a, a musician, he was in Devo, right? Yeah. Um, and then branching out now to do film scores and then the art style i mean much like in spider-verse like i feel like maybe it doesn't go as heavy into it as spider-verse does of like blending characters obviously from different dimensions that all have a different art style and stuff like that um and it does and spider-verse being based on a comic book they brought in a lot of those elements with like uh whether they're you know um the onomatopoeia popping up as someone's fighting and, and and things like that but um in this um it's obviously cg animated the characters look similarly not like cell shaded like in um in uh spider-verse and they look more like their other sony pictures kind of characters a bit but then the movie i was saying to you before you watched it too like i felt like it had this interesting animation style where sometimes the backgrounds felt like they were animated in a different style than the characters and then the movies at sometimes has this like interesting kind of film grain to it and then because of katie and her background making like weird youtube uh movies and things like that you have some hand-drawn animation that they bring in um and like you said live action is blended in and then you have this really interesting kind of animation style that blends cg 2d and live action in in i think a really interesting and vibrant way that like um you do get like the bright you know very trendy neon colors that are happening right now too um like if you had the hue sync lights this movie would look awesome um so I think it's nailing the the time that we're in right now. And I just feel like what I said earlier is like Pixar has a distinct look and feel. And then, you know, you're going to get something emotionally devastating. And then in, in Sony, I feel like they've been kind of, or DreamWorks, you kind of know what you're getting in, you know, fantasy action adventure kind of standard animated movie. That's going to be probably pretty good, but you're going to forget about it most likely. And then in uh, Sony, I feel like they've been all over the place, whether you have the hotel Transylvania movies, um, what other Sony, how dare you erase uh, surfs up surfs up like random ass stuff from Sony where they haven't really had an identity or really. I'd say monster house was probably their most successful film before Phil Lord and Chris Miller came about because like, I mean, it's been a while since I've watched that and I'm sure it's dated. I was what 2006. Um, And, and that film kind of felt like, okay, that's the movie that promised the Gil Keenan film promised some, you know, interesting stuff from Sony. But other than that, like, yeah, I agree with you where like Sony, kind of feels almost like their their animation is disposable or made really for little kids like even yeah. the smurf stuff right like right yeah they do a lot of uh, angry birds right yeah. like they've done a lot of licensed stuff and and they all feel like you know 
hit or miss. Some of them are more enjoyable than others. Um, like I, I walked out of hotel Transylvania three because I remember being like, why am I even here? Why did I bother? Um, and like stuff like that. But I really think that they've kind of, which I'm echoing what I said earlier in the show, but with this animation style, I feel like you don't want to just, you know, beat it to death and only do the same thing. But I still feel like this has a distinct look and feel that is different than Spider-Verse while using a lot of the same elements. And I feel like they, I think they found what they should maybe continue to do. And I'm sure we'll get this. We'll get a Spider-Verse movie every four years. And then every in between that in the two years, you'll get two years Spider-Man Spider-Verse, then you'll get two years later, probably another movie that has that similar style, and then you'll get another Spider-Verse movie. So it'll go back and forth if if what I'm imagining with this studio or whoever does this stuff. But um I love the art style. I just can't I can't get over it. Yeah, I, I like the way again, like the the contrast between the background and the characters even can sometimes almost blend a little bit together it almost looks like it becomes like a picture book yeah um and yeah i think that the eyes are are really the most interesting thing especially where you have three of your four main characters your human characters wearing glasses and the glasses the contrast of the glasses on the face to the eyes kind of popping out and kind of almost a bit of like a shine to the eyes um i think really is quite interesting in terms of its definition and creating sort of a three-dimensional kind of face and an expression in the face um it's it's a beautifully made movie i just think that like if i'm comparing it to spider-verse i think spider-verse was the movie i was kind of blown away by where this i was like this is really well done i enjoyed it i think it's 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 really good i wish that that film could have been seen in theaters but i i i wasn't surprised by it the way that i was with spider-verse i think i was surprised by it but not in the same way and that's maybe because i didn't have high expectations for this Uh, even though you you mentioned off the top that there are expectations when you get you know a lord miller production whether it's now yeah because if this was if this was Um, like but if if they hadn't made spider-verse or cloud with the chance of meatballs i think that this would have been like yeah people would have been you'd be like holy fuck this is incredible and i think i'm still at the this is incredible it's just I agree with Everything you. Everything is awesome. <laughs> yes, that's perfect. That's a perfect statement because I think I feel this similarly to when I saw Lego Movie or when I saw Twenty One Jump Street or when I saw Spider Verse. Um, mind you, do I like most of those movies more than Mitchell's versus the Machines? Probably just in a sense that, like, they maybe this movie in incredibly creative, but from a taking a bad idea and turning it into gold, which is kind of the Lord Miller kind of thing. Um, This movie, you go, okay, the plot, something we've seen a million times before the family adventure, cross country thing, something we've seen a bunch of times. Does it hit emotionally? Yes. All those things. But I agree with what you're saying of like it, it didn't hit you like a spider verse or even to me, like a 21 jump street, because I feel like with those two movies or Lego movie, the first one, um, which it, shouldn't it, have worked was, at all. I don't yes, think. all I think all of those movies you go in going, are any of these really like an animated Spider-Man movie? You're like, that's weird. We have live action ones. Why? Why do we need that? Um, or Lego Movie being like, oh god, that shouldn't work at all. Like just no. Uh, and a then bunch it of also, properties. and then when you see, like you mentioned, Angry Birds with Sony 
pictures animation. Yeah. And then when you see a, another trademark, you know, intellectual property, property yeah. and IP get turned into an adaptation, it's like that's what I was expecting Lego Movie to be. Yeah, so I think with Connected, I spoilers we're getting to the end of this. Uh, I'll just give you my I'm going to give it 5 stars, but that being said, it to me it's like ranking 5-star movies because like I just their movies just completely land with me through and through. I would give Lego Movie a 5 stars, I would give 21 Jump Street a 5 stars, I would give Spider-Verse a 5 stars. It was my favorite movie of that year. Um, will this be in that contention for me? Quite possibly. I watched it two nights in a row. I laughed my ass off. I cried. I, I really connected with it. Uh, it's not the word, connected the, the, anymore. Yeah, but the word um, of the day, we've mentioned that a couple of times now. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Maybe it should have been called Connected, but I get you're putting it on Netflix. You need it to be a little bit more broad. But it almost and, seems and like the title that it has now would turn more people off and thinking that it was a movie just a generic, made for yeah. younger yeah. kids or, again, like a family film. I agree with that. I think they should have ran with connected, but so anyways, uh, long winded point. I, I love all of those movies. Would I rank Lego movie, uh, spider verse and, and 21 jump street above it, even 22 jump street probably. But, um, uh, I still love the movie and I just feel like, uh, they just completely nail exactly what I'm looking for in an accessible comedy action adventure movie um and uh i think they've done it again here where like we didn't talk much about you know beat by beat but like i feel like the movie is super well paced with jokes where you know it's not beating you over the head but there is a very laugh out loud moment every you know scene and um and it's just thoroughly it, i connected with it and i understand when you're saying like depending on your relationship with your family or your father and things like that but like this just reminded me exactly of my family and those cross-country trips and just you know my dad being rick mitchell me being katie mixed with the son who loves dinosaurs and like um which we didn't talk much about but his whole thing is really funny too but um anyways i love the movie i'm gonna give it a five out of five uh but i agree with a lot of the stuff you're saying and even to your point of pal and some of these story kind of fumbles when you really kind of sit down it those didn't bother me just because i guess that's not what i was necessarily going into the movie like this better have a great you know actual plot where i connected more with the animation the characters the uh emotion and the jokes and stuff like that yeah and and i like a lot of it as well i just said i feel like the actual sort of robot apocalypse aspect yeah. almost does feel a little bit shoehorned in to give the characters that additional motivation to and that's really totally bond in, in this sort of short trip and thinking like okay well the world is now all of a sudden changed but we have this opportunity to do something to and bond I, as a family to bond yeah. as a family but also save the world yes because um, you kind of need that in a quote-unquote kids movie or yeah whatever. yeah and 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 i again like i think it is a really well-made movie i i really enjoyed it i've watched it twice as well um but i don't think it's as good as spider-verse in terms of just kind of taking me by surprise and just being astonished by the yeah. Totally. The world design of it, but it's it's again. I would highly, I still highly recommend it. I still enjoyed every second of it. I'm going to give it four out of five. Cool. 
Um, thank you all for listening. Um, if you like this, we have another show that we would love for you guys to go check out. It's called the Untitled Movie Podcast. Uh, you can check out our newest draft probably right now. Uh, actually, yes, right now you can go check it out where Eric and I talk about the Shang-Chi trailer, the Annette trailer. We give our Oscar predictions, our expert Oscar predictions, because we are the number one Oscar pundits. Um, so go check that out as well as, you know, whatever the hell else we wanted to talk about i played resident evil 7 and i'm already on issue 75 of invincible because i'm a maniac um he's a uh, maniac (laughs) maniac on the floor and again like i said um oh i quickly beck bennett fred armison really funny as those two robot characters we didn't talk much about them the soundtrack we talked about mike mother's ball but the actual music i swear to god if you tweet at me with eric the robot i'm gonna be pissed (laughs) I thought of you right when that happened. I wanted the other one to be named Matt, and I was like, fuck, it's not. I'm Deborahbot5000. Um, yeah, it's really funny. Uh, anyways, we have other reviews that you guys can go check out uh, right now. I'm pulling up my website because I don't remember. Well, we have another uh, versus movie, Godzilla versus Kong. It's versus month. <laughs> it is. Verse, well, technically, we're in April now, and that was March. So. Well, end of March. But, <laughs> I know, you know. I'm kidding. Uh, Godzilla versus Kong, like Eric mentioned, we have The Unholy, Love uh, and Monsters, uh, The Mighty Ducks, Game Changers, first three episodes. Uh, another invincible like i just mentioned uh nobody which is now streaming so you guys uh well on vods you have to rent it for 25 dollars, which i don't <laughs> like well we'll talk about that on the main show but i don't like that it was in theaters for three weeks and you still it's 25 dollars to rent i'm right. like I, I mean in canada i guess it never really kind of went to theaters because of unless it, unless you're out west like it seems like there yeah. are some movie theaters in bc if you're not in ontario fucking yeah god damn it yeah uh, uh eric andre and bad trip and much much more um if you guys would be so kind follow us on social medias at untitled underscore cast drop us a review on your podcast service of choice that really helps us out um send it to your friends subscribe everywhere uh tell your mom tell your dad jazz. yeah uh, and tell everyone to watch connected or slash mitchell's versus the machines or April when you 30th. go on a road trip again with your family listen to us yeah. and then become yeah. even more angry yeah. at each other <laughs> uh thank you as always my name is matt Rohrbeck. you can find more of my work at untitledmoviepodcast.com and on all of the social medias at matt Rohrbeck. And I'm Eric Martin. You can find more of my video reviews at rogerstv.com slash cinemascene and on the social medias at EM6211. Until next time. Prancer belongs to the canyon now.